this is Jen Adams calling Tony Mazzaglia. We've been friends for 19 years now and studied Italian at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill many moons ago. We also did a semester abroad together in Florence around that time. I eventually returned to America to finish my studies and start my career, but Tony remained in Florence and created Taste Florence Food Tours, which she still runs today. I'll be checking in with her regularly, and sometimes Tony will be talking to other guests as the global concern for the coronavirus, COVID-19, continues to develop. Um, thank you, Jen. We wanted to, first of all, mention uh, before we start our conversation on air that we are not experts. We do not pretend to be experts. This is just us kind of adding um, a global conversation um, between people that are living it as opposed to or I would say in, in addition to um, getting information from the media, I think it would be helpful for people to get information from people that have already lived the virus maybe you know one or two weeks ahead of them. So um, things are happening pretty quickly over here and there's a lot to talk about and hopefully other countries can learn from what we've done right in Italy and what we could have done better. Mm -hmm. I'm also thinking this is a chance to catch up with friends and loved ones all over the world. So let's just say I've got a lot more free time than usual and I wanna make good use of it. That's a good plan, Tony. So Tony, what is really going on? I can't keep up with it. Is all of Italy considered a red zone now? I mean, are you forced to stay at home? When did all this get decided? Yeah, it's really confusing. Um, a few days ago, it seemed like things were still relatively normal. Then um, there was what I refer to as a shut-in of residents in Lombardia um, and parts of Veneto and the Piemonte, um, meaning not only were they um, quarantined in their houses, but eventually, just a few days ago, they were told to stay within their own region, so they're not uh, allowed to travel outside of their region anymore. Um, so, for example, someone from uh, Venice or Milan is no longer allowed to take a train down to Rome or Sicily, just as an example. Wow. Um, I think there's I think there's exceptions. I, I'm still trying to figure it out. It's all really confusing. Um, and then last night, um, there was talk of all of Italy turning into a red zone and not just those areas in the north. And by the time I woke up this morning, I had these desperate messages from my friend um, she's really heartbroken because she's uh, recently fallen madly in love with someone and he lives a, a town away and now they can't, um, and this is here in Florence, she lives in Florence and he lives in Bagno Ripoli, which is right next door. Uh -huh. And they can't, they can't travel between Florence and Bagno Ripoli according to the newest um, decree that was given last night. So wow. they won't be able to see each other until probably April. Yeah. Wow. And this she, is just okay. mile. This is these two cities are just a few miles apart from each other, right? Yeah, I mean, I would say maybe the way I would compare it in our kind of space that we both recognize would be kind of the the distance between Chapel Hill and Pittsburgh, okay, Carborough. I mean, not okay. quite as close as Carborough, but yeah, I mean, not that far. Yeah, not far at all. Not far at all. Yeah. And so. Um, I, I read in the news that in Italy, there's another rule saying that people have to remain a certain distance from each other. Is that right? 
Yeah, um, we've been told, you know, different scientists around the world have given different different recommendations of how far. Um, and the general rule here in Italy has been made into one meter, so about a yard or about three feet. Um, so there's actually, I've seen photos from up in Milan where they've actually gone and put um, tape on tables to kind of show people how far a meter is. And so this was something that was, you know, being recommended initially now it's being taken much more seriously. And uh, my friend, I, I talked to my friend who's out in the countryside in Dove um, Abita, San Casciano. It's also not far, maybe 20 minutes from where I'm staying. And uh, he went to the grocery store today and they're only allowing 10 people in at a time. Wow. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm really, uh, yeah, uh, I'm living off pasta right now. I'm trying to avoid <laughs> going to the grocery store <laughs> as much as possible. Um, because that just sounds dreadful. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, I almost forgot to mention another, it's, everything's happening so fast. It's, it's hard to even recall everything and, and remember when it happened. But another thing, because of that new rule that was instated last night or early this morning that we can't even travel in between, let's call them counties here. Um, I have to now print out a document and keep it in my car. And if I want to travel, um, even within Florence, if I'm driving, I have to have that in my car and on it, it already needs to say where I'm going. Wow. And I just got a, I got a recording from people are sending each other recordings and, um, all these different links and stuff. It's hard to keep up with it. It's like a full-time job. And, um, this one, <laughs> I'm going to send it to you because I mean, I got it so recently, I couldn't even send it to you before our phone call. Um, I got a recording. I think it was a policeman. I haven't really been able to decipher who it was, but some official saying, um, if you guys haven't figured it out by now, um, you are supposed to stay home. Only wow. medical, yeah, only medical personnel and, and things like that are supposed to be out and, you know, and other like firemen and things like that are supposed to be out right now. Um, those of you who are working, um, you know, you have to have proof that you're going to work, all those things. And then it's, he said something about, you know, the coffee shops and um, what we refer to as bars over here, but it's coffee just to <laughs> make sure people don't think I'm talking about pubs. Um, <laughs> so the, the coffee shops and the grocery stores and things like that, you're allowed to go grocery shopping. Obviously, if someone has a medical need, like they have to go get chemotherapy, they, there's an exception for things like that. But mm -hmm. everybody else needs to stay home and only go out to get groceries um, or for any other kind of medical emergency. Um, and they have to have proof of that. And he said something about like, if you say you went grocery shopping, we'll come by your house and make sure that was true. Like we're going to come wow. by and make sure you have a, yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so like they could say, okay, go do your grocery shopping, but then they're going to come check and make sure you did it. If that's, that's how I understood the recording. I've listened to it twice. I speak fluent Italian. That's how I was, what I was able to take away from that. And I just heard it maybe an hour ago. That's pretty crazy. That's no joke. Yeah. Uh, I, I also, I read on uh, Rai.it. So Rai is the national uh, television broadcaster in Italy. Um, and I read on their website that all churches, museums, places where people can go and commune together in public are all closed. Is, is yeah, this right? Is this text. what you're seeing too? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, discotheques. No, no discos. You can't. You have to stay home. You can't go dancing. 
Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about the funny side of this for a moment, because I don't know if you heard, and I don't remember where I read it, but I read it in a lot of different places, that when everyone was trapped on the cruise ship, that they were given um, free access to porn. Did you hear about that? I did not hear about that. No. Yeah. I just kind of feel like it's sad that that, I mean, I could see like free access to Netflix or something, you know, but just straight up porn was what they were given. I just find it really interesting. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I also think it's funny that discotheques are closed because you have to imagine, um, I have a lot of friends over here who have kids and they are pulling their hair out right now because this is like, imagine that there's just a snow day that never ends and you never, you don't know when your kids are going back to school. That's what they're going through right now. So, yeah. um. (laughs) I have two kids and I don't want to imagine being stuck (laughs) in a city, in an urban area, locked inside with them for a month. So I feel feel for your friends with children. So getting back to the things that have been going on the past month or so um, since the start of the outbreak, walk me through this last month. What has been the overall reaction in Italy and how are people reacting now, especially with this countrywide um, quarantine and you have to stay put? Do you, And the big question is, do you think uh-huh. Italians will actually follow the rules? That's a good question. Um, so it's, yeah, because the reason I wanted to, to kind of, for us to do this, I mean, we've been talking about doing a podcast. Obviously, this wasn't our original plan, but... Um, I feel like we should go ahead and, and do this and, and make do something useful and then we can do something sure. more frivolous and fun later. Um, it's because, you know, I'm kind of like a time machine. I'm, I'm ahead of time, um, you know, maybe by two or three weeks from where you guys are, maybe even a month ahead of time from where you guys are at right now as far as the level of the virus spreading. And, um, and also our governments are making very different reactions. We won't get into politics, but we're having very different realities right now. Um, so... Yeah. Um, And also, so uh, what I lived and what I want to make sure you guys know, and by you guys, I mean in the States or anywhere else that's behind and has some time to figure things out and and make um, changes more quickly, hopefully, by learning from our mistakes, um, is that, you know, in the beginning, we just had this really naive optimism and, and it has gradually become a realization of how quickly and invisibly the coronavirus is spreading. Mm. And it's getting more real at a more accelerated rate. And friends and colleagues that were still optimistic or at least hopeful about a week ago are now choosing to stay home. Well, not even a choice anymore, really, but yesterday, when it was still a choice, um, they were choosing to stay home and face the facts. And we're all just trying to keep the virus from spreading now. Um, And we... I don't think it was, it wasn't an intentional, uh, we weren't intentionally misbehaving. We just really, I think we're being optimistic and really hoping that it wasn't going to be as serious as it is. And we couldn't imagine how quickly it could escalate. So I don't know if you can hear my voice. It feels weird. I have to be honest, like all day, I've kind of felt like I'm breathing weird. So I'm also (laughs) starting to get a little paranoid. Um, I mean, I'm not, I don't have a fever or anything like that. It might just be because I'm talking a lot. I don't know. I've been on it the phone be. a lot more than, um, but um, 
yeah, oh, it's, you would ask me, sorry, I'll reel myself back in. Um, so how are we reacting now and are we going to be able to follow the rules? That's a really good question. Cause even yesterday, right. my friend was saying like, you know, oh, you know, I'm my friend that is a week ago, wasn't taking it seriously. It was finally taking it seriously. And she said, she has a friend though, who, um, he's from here and he's dating a girl in Venice and he just went and spent two weeks with her in Venice. And now oh. he has. He took the train back on Sunday night, right before everything got, you know, locked down in, in the Veneto. Um, he he kind of took one of those trains in. I don't know if he was even supposed to, but he got back here. And um, and he was saying to her, oh, yeah, there's this, because um, they were calling it an optional quarantine a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. And he was like, there's this supposed optional quarantine, but whatever. It's all fine. And my friend was basically saying to him, no, you need to kind of get your <laughs> get your facts straight because things have escalated and it would be really irresponsible of you to be, go out and possibly get people infected. So she and I were kind of flipping out about this yesterday, worrying about it. And then when I got this kind of update, news update this morning, I sent it to her and said, please send it to him. Because that thing about the um, the document in the car, apparently if you don't have it with you or they catch you... Um, falsifying information you can get a 500 euro fine Mm, that's high that's high it is um but i'm hoping that that will be enough to scare uh people like that guy um into behaving you know and the only other thing that can outweigh the italian tendency to rebel and to misbehave the only thing that can outweigh that is there's just like a collective hypochondria in this country (laughs) 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 so that might be what saves us at this point yeah, you know, I mean, we could talk about that for, for hours, but we should kind of just... That's a whole other episode. Yeah, it is. That is. Um, but Italians, you know, they're they're afraid of a whole slew of things, including usually um, temperature and um, the order in which they eat things. But um, the idea of this thing that's just like so mysterious, I think they're finally... Um, yeah, I think that's finally going to take uh, or have more weight than going out and seeing friends and things like that. Yeah. So everyone's stuck inside. No yeah. one's working. I'm assuming there, yeah, I'm, I'm assuming there aren't tourists around or very few tourists. How, how is your business, Tony? How are businesses of people that you work with in the city? You're in tourism. You rely on people coming to Italy to visit, to experience, to taste, how are you dealing with this? It's um, it's a really rough start to what should have been the the kickoff of the 2020 tour season in Italy because it's obviously a big issue for me. Well, of um, course, <clears throat> and for lots of people here. But I mean, it's everything: the hotels, tours, restaurants. It's just this crazy domino effect, and it's falling out from there. And I even know two people who have had to postpone their weddings in May. Um, because oh, no. just way too many people are afraid to fly. I mean, this is, you know, and this was like last week they were making this decision. Now I would imagine even more so. So, um, yeah, they, they just too many guests are afraid to fly or to c- commit to buy a, a plane ticket at this point. So they're all postponing weddings. Um, a couple of restaurants are temporarily closing so that they can cover or or actually so they don't have to cover um, more than their, their cost of overhead at the moment, because yeah. if they have staff on duty and things, I don't really know how all that works, but I mean, I heard of one restaurant that has 45 employees and wow. that's, in Italy. That's a lot of employees in Italy. That's yeah. a lot. Um, it's a, a real big restaurant and it's normally hopping. 
Um, and I heard that they're going to close temporarily. I'm not going to say the name because I don't want to um, say anything like that until I've got verification. Sure. But sure. Um, and yeah, and we're just kind of we're all putting our heads together and trying to pool our talents and to help the local economy and the national economy. I have a friend that um, had a great idea, which I'll get into later down the road when we've we've worked out all the details. I don't want to uh, let the cat out of the bag on that one because it's her idea, but hopefully it's going to involve a bunch of us helping other uh, people in the tourism industry. That's um, great. And then today, yeah, it's really good. And she's super generous to involve me. So I'm excited about that project. Um, so it's kind of nice because today was the first day I felt like I wasn't just handling cancellation emails. I'm actually planning something positive for the future. Um, and then the other thing I just, I've been feeling, I don't know how long, uh, could be years, could be months, but for a while now, I've been feeling like our global economy is not sustainable. Mm. And even though there's a lot of plus sides to having a global economy, like being able to um, sell food tours in Florence, Italy to someone who's all the way in another country, um, you know, there are positives, but I think that we've all been thinking so globally that we've forgotten to think and act locally. And mm. so I feel like what we can do right now and what I would recommend to everybody else who's going to be hit in the near future in their countries is to start acting more globally. I'm sorry, to start acting more locally. Um, and like my example, I mentioned, I think I mentioned earlier that I have um, several friends that are mothers. Yes, I did. You did. Um, yes. Yeah. Those <laughs> poor said, mothers. Which, yes. Um, I mean, they, they love their kids, but there's only so much you can handle. Because also, I mean, if you you get they can't work right now, but it's just like it's a whole a whole issue. Child care is. yeah. and all these things yeah. all wrapped up. Um, so a lot of them have been sending out funny memes and things like that. And just kind of like, um, you know, I would have rather gotten the coronavirus than um, had this nervous breakdown, like that kind of stuff. I mean, I, I don't want to make light of it, but we're, we're, we're trying to make light of whatever we can just to feel better in the situation. Sure. Um, so I, I do have a lot of friends that have um, taken to day drinking and, uh, <laughs> 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 and I have a good friend who, she, she just wasn't prepared. She, she thought she was prepared, but she just didn't realize that this was going to you know be something that lasted, you know, over a month. And her son's been home. I think it's been a week now. I can't remember how long it's been since the kids have been home from school, but she sent me a picture and she said, I, I, I made it till today, but I'm officially day drinking. And, and then she said, <laughs> and then she said, I don't know what I'm going to do. Cause I've only got two bottles of wine left. I've got to ration oh, no. it out. No. Yeah. And she, Oh, yeah. And she said, plus, I can't go to the grocery store because they only let 10 people in at a time. And I've got my eight year old kid at home, you know. And so um, I had this idea. I'm like, well, wait a minute. Um, you know, I'm friends with all the wine shop owners and I'm pretty sure they're still allowed to make deliveries within the town limits. So I called two of my wine shops and said, hey, what do you think about this idea? Are you still delivering? And I said, you need to market to the moms that are home right now and need some emergency wine. It's so brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. Bravo, that's work out for everybody involved, you know. Um, <laughs> thank you. So just things like that, whatever you can do in your community. Um, so instead of concentrating on how this is affecting you economically, kind of try to shift it in a way that you can, you know, make a lemonade out of this lemon. Like mm -hmm. don't don't concentrate so much on the negative that you can't see something positive that can come out of it or that you can at least create in the meantime. Yeah. 
you mentioned earlier in our conversation that you feel like you're sort of in a time machine and you can give us information that um, will help us so we don't find ourselves in the same predicament. So what would your advice be to those to those of us living in the U.S. and in other countries that haven't uh, experienced the full brunt of what you guys are experiencing in Italy right now? Um, what would you have done differently in the past eight weeks, knowing what you know now? Um, I would say, you know, continue to be kind and positive, but be realistic. Don't um, don't live in the state of naive optimism that we uh, chose to live in in the beginning, because now there's more facts, there's more evidence, there's more um, information to go by. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, what we're finally understanding as the number of cases is, is um, rapidly doubling is that the virus has an incubation period of 14 days. Um, and I think that that's really the most important detail that everyone needs to wrap their heads around and that for some reason we haven't been giving enough attention to. Um, we're all saying, you know, it's just a flu, but, you know, the flu doesn't have a 14-day incubation period. That's two weeks that you could have this virus and not even realize it and go about your daily life and you could be infecting dozens of people, maybe even hundreds that you come into contact with. And even though it isn't convenient to stay at home, it is the best option at this point. Okay. You know, washing your hands and using hand gel is, is helpful, but the most efficient prevention, even if it doesn't feel efficient because it's going to cost you money and time, um, but it is the most efficient prevention, in my opinion, is to just kind of become a hermit for a while, mm -hmm. you know, um, make friends yeah. with Netflix or those books you've been meaning to read or finally write that book you've been wanting to write, you know, do whatever you can um, to keep yourself entertained, but do it. Um, so, you know, in, in English, we say an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Um, yeah. In Italian, I just read this great quote today um, by Vittorio Feltri. And okay. translated into English, it, it says better empty pockets than full coffins. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. And what is it in Italian? Um, meglio le tasche vuote che le barre piene. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but that's like, it's that serious. pretty much says yeah. it, baby. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then another big one, and this is also, I mean, I, I, I'm saying it, maybe you guys have already heard this, but it doesn't seem like it. I just feel like from what I'm reading on online in English. I'm not seeing this that much. So um, a biggie is that, you know, a lot of couples or, or single parents are um, using their parents, the grandparents as free babysitters in times of need like this. But doctors are starting to say that small kids survive this and often they don't show symptoms. Ah. So that there goes that 14 day factor, even yeah. more than 14 days if they're not showing symptoms. And the elderly are the most likely to die from it. So grandparents should not be in contact with their grandkids right now. I know it's a sad fact, but it needs to be seriously considered. Yeah. No, it's 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 the reality. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I guess what else from my time machine or my time capsule? Yeah. What, over else, here? what else from your time machine? <laughs> um, you know, Italy was honest and proactive from the beginning, uh, you know, from the first case in Lombardia. Um, and they've used their infrastructure to the best of their ability and with the goal to 
protect the health and economy of this nation. Um, you know, phone numbers and hotlines were quickly instated for everyone to call. And, um, you know, if we suspected having the virus and that way medical personnel were dispatched directly to our homes. Um, and that kept us, uh, you know, the population out of the hospitals and clinics to, to help prevent mm -hmm. the spread. So they, they made a good start mm -hmm. and it was all a really good idea in my opinion. Um, but what we could have done differently and what we should have done differently um, is the rest of our behavior. You know, the government was putting in their best effort to heal the sick and diagnose the new cases, but the rest of us just went on with our daily lives and just smothered ourselves in hand gel. We should have stayed home as much as possible from the beginning, but we didn't know enough back then to realize how important that would be. Now we know that's important, and that's what I want yeah. you guys to take away from this. Good advice. So, Tony, I'm so glad we talked about this. It's really given me some things to think about, and I'll definitely put some of this knowledge to use here with my kids and at work and in life in general in the upcoming weeks. Thank you, Jen. I think the best way to keep this uh, virus from spreading too far is to spread any knowledge that we have from our experiences to those who are still in time to take better actions. And, um, you know, if anyone would like to listen to more, they can subscribe to our podcast and spread the word by sharing it on, on social media or simply sending a link to anyone who comes to mind. Please don't be shy. So next time, wash your hands, keep an open mind and behave. We're all in this together, no matter where we live. Maybe throw a word in, like, okay. like, thank you, Jen. Let's let's really hope that this virus stops spreading. Or yeah, okay, yeah, you got this. <laughs> thank you, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Uh, okay. Deep um, breaths. Okay, I got it. Okay.